Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Welcome back to the Red Seat Podcast. This is your host, Jake Devereaux, and today I am joined by both Matt Collins and Brian Joyner of Over the Monster for episode 82. Welcome back, gentlemen. Well, thank Hello. you. So, Red Sox baseball. Sox just ended their road trip versus uh, Baltimore, Seattle, and Minnesota. They went 6-4 and four with a victory this afternoon. And we're recording this at nighttime. Um, I think it's fair to say that Sox hit a little bit of a skid here uh, against the Twins. What have you guys noticed on this road trip? Takeaways from the 10-gamer. Uh, they forgot how to hit for a little bit. So that was kind of a bummer. But also the starting pitching is uh, banana pants. They are really good. So I think a lot of the focus is on the offense because we, myself included, like to sad ass a lot. But they won more games than they lost, and the pitching was spectacular. So it wasn't really as bad as people want to make it seem. Yeah, I agree. I also think that I can sort of write off the Minnesota losses as, you know, they've had a lot of road trips. Um, This was the end of another one where they went from the East Coast all the way to the West Coast, back to the Midwest. They didn't get swept. They kicked the crap out of the Twins today. Sometimes you're going to have a few bad games in a row, but a game like this today really can stop you from spiraling 
Yeah, Porcello stepped up in a huge way for this team today. He pitched arguably his best game of the season, and those bats really came alive. And I think it was super encouraging to see Betts get back into the swing of things, too, because he hasn't looked quite like himself. Yeah, I think this is kind of the difference between this year and last year. And not to say last year was bad, because that's a thing people like to do, too. But um, last year they got in these runs, and... They would snap the losing streak, but it would be kind of like with another close game carried by pitching. Um, this year, they'll go through these funks, but then they'll snap out of it by scoring like a dozen runs. So, um, like I, I think Brian was right that you can kind of write it off with the offense. Um, I think there are some real concerns here, but when the top of the lineup is clicking, I mean, it's just they're fine and. It's they have last year's pitching with a better offense, so that's a pretty neat thing. Yeah, not just a better offense, like a catas like it just you can't even measure how much better it is than it was last year. It's like it's like double the offense. I mean, outside of like maybe Devers, is there one player who was better last year? Vasquez. Okay okay. Bradley. But still. Okay, sure. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Better is maybe a bad, bad way to phrase it because, um, no, I mean, a lot of good players. No, 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 but you're you're right. I mean, you're answering my question, but uh, it's really right now just the haves and have-nots. But the haves have so much that they can just. I mean, they just pound it. I mean. Leon got in on it a little bit today, but otherwise it was still mostly the big guys. Um, but the pitching was, you know, today Porcello was amazing. Just want to point out, spoiler alert, Matt, this is probably what I'm going to write about tomorrow. Okay, do you think Porcello hit or at least went inside on purpose? Of course. Right. Okay. Um, today. How many How many hits did he give up? today how many I, he gave I up one with you i don't know anything about today's game okay he gave up one hit he gave up a hit only to the batter he faced after he hit the dude intentionally that was the only hit he gave up wait they beat somebody today yeah why yes jd well here jd gets brushed back in the first inning and then uh was it escobar escobar yep, they hit him right in the arm so it didn't look to me like he was necessarily trying to hit him, but he was definitely trying to throw trying it to, like, in brush the exact back. spot he did, and it ended up hitting him. And the only hit Porcello gave up all day was to Logan Morrison on the next at bat. That was it. Are you trying to say that he didn't intentionally hit him? I'm trying to say he did, and this is not the first time I've seen Porcello hit someone and then get into a jam. In this case, he could have had a no-hitter going, potentially had he just not done that damn good teammate right there i mean there's a lot to get into and to unpacking that which i hope to, to do tomorrow for the web the website um but no it's interesting it's like an interesting trade-off for someone who is as forget relatively just as sort of talented as porcello um who hmm. must think I can do this and then get out of it and it's okay. Uh, and it, as I've said, it, it's not the first time I've seen him 
after he hits someone clearly on purpose, then give up a hit and then things start uh, getting out of control. But he reined it in today and then went the whole rest of the game without giving up a hit. So uh, who knows? But it turned out right for us because the Red Sox, unlike last year in the late innings, just started to score runs with abandon. Yeah, that offense really woke up today. Nine runs, I think it was. was the final was nine to two. Was that what it yes, was? It was. Yeah. Yes, it was. Uh, it was nine nothing before five minutes left in the game. Right, and we had you know basically everybody who was expected to play well played well today. I mean, Betts had a home run. Uh, Benintendi had a home run. JD had a double. Xander had a double. Moreland, I believe, had a double. Um, there was just a lot of offense going today, so it was nice to see those guys click. Um, the team still sits uh, two games behind the Yankees, four back in the loss column. Yankees have still played four fewer games than the Red Sox at this point, so it's kind of strange. But, uh, Brian, you made an observation I wanted to hit on a little bit um, when you said that the, the Red Sox are just a little bit more seemingly top-heavy. I'm not sure how you phrased it, but basically the Red Sox' best players are playing like ridiculously well so it sort of covers up for the uh, bottom part of the lineup that isn't doing so well so I had some time this week to actually um, compare the Red Sox and Yankees lineups a little bit I just like to do this all the time Um, but I was looking at all of the position players for both teams by weighted runs created plus which I think is pretty good measure of offensive performance and the Yankees had two guys um, Aaron Judge and Gleyber Torres uh, at hun- over 140 or above uh, weighted runs created plus. Gleyber's at 140 and Aaron Judge is at 158. Uh, the Red Sox had uh, Mookie Betts at 196 when I checked it, uh, 173 for J.D. Martinez, 147 for Benintendi, uh, 136 for Moreland, and 130 for Xander. So they have... Easily the three highest, or two of the two of the three highest guys there, and then the Yankees don't have anybody above that 125 range. Uh, after that, so the Red Sox essentially have these just this monster glob of of talented players at the top, and the Yankees are just much more balanced. They only have one position uh, on the entire field where they're above uh, average weighted runs created plus, and that's. Neil Walker slash Greg Bird, who's, you know, sort of platooning at first base for those guys right now. And below Greg average. Bird just crashed it. Yeah, below average. It is first base. So even Gary Sanchez is right at 100. Gleber's at 140. Didi's at 119. Um, but the Red Sox have JBJ at 59. Devers at 84. Nunez at 66. And all the, everything under 100, just for the listeners, is uh, below average. So 100 is sort of the replacement level mark for that so it's just kind of interesting to see how the teams are are doing this because if you look at how many runs each team has scored what the run differential is um they're almost identical it's really amazing at this point that they're so close yeah i mean it's for this reason that i i don't want to trail the yankees but this is a case like 2004 and 2003 these teams are so good. Yeah, I mean, it makes all the sense in the world to keep tabs on the other team. But just keep winning baseball games and things will be okay. Um, and 
I just think it's too early for I, let's just talk about it as fans. Too early. I mean, you could track it, but too early to get really wrapped up in it and worry about the Yankees get too getting too far ahead because they're both pushing. I mean, not the absolute upper limits, but they're both sort of at the upper limits of how many teams or how many games good teams are going to win in a season. I understand it's a little bit different now because the good teams are so top heavy, but the goal is to win as many games as possible. Um, and when it gets narrow, more narrowly focused, obviously you want to focus uh, on the division, but I'm not concerned with how good the Yankees are playing right now because they also uh, have some deficiencies uh, starting pitching uh, in some cases, but they're both really good. And uh, I'm not going to let the fact that the Yankees haven't lost in three weeks get me down. Yeah, that's the thing that sucks, though, about watching the Yankees is that basically every day, I mean, something like they're they're playing at, I don't know what, I I heard the stat on the radio today. It's like 41 and nine in their last 50 games or something like that. It's just stupid. Jesus. Yeah, it's just. Yeah, I mean, they're really good. But But if you think about it, the Sox to even be not, in the total rearview mirror after that, and that has to slow down, is actually a really good sign for the Sox, I think. It really is. Yeah. 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 And I mean, I think, I think you're right where when you said that people could, shouldn't get too carried away looking at the standings. Um, I mean, if the Yankees start pulling ahead by like five, six games, at a certain point, that becomes like an insurmountable uh, deficit, but. They still have so many more games against each other, too, that that's really what's going to swing the division, most likely. It's like they're going to be close enough when they don't play each other that, uh, however, if somebody like really pulls away in the season series, that's going to be the deciding factor. So um, those are the games to get worked up over. And they have a next week or like 10 days, something like that. They're a few series away from playing each other again. Um, and. I'm pretty nervous about that, but I'm also pretty excited. Yeah, I, I think we need to also talk about the schedule too. We've brought this up before, but you know, I've been. You mean the stupid last game, last three games of the season business with these two? No, not not that. Just just the whole fact that the Red Sox have played four more games than the Yankees so far, and also that the Red Sox have already finished all their West Coast road trips. The farthest that the Red Sox have to go. Uh, is to Chicago uh, after this. So uh, the Red Sox don't have very far to travel, and they've got four fewer games to play than the Yankees. And, you know, it doesn't sound like a lot spread over a half a year, but when you look at some of these months, I mean, baseball is such a grind. Some of these months, there's only three or four days off throughout the entire month. So you're adding four games to the second half of that schedule, and all of a sudden the Yankees don't have very much rest time. So... I really think that that schedule with these teams being so close is really going to play a factor with how fatigued the team gets and, you know, the fact that they still have to travel more and all that stuff. Uh, I think it certainly favors the Red Sox. On top of that, the Yankees, I believe, have had two double headers this week. They've cut it down to four. Right. Yeah, it was um, six. Uh, not they had one on Monday and they had one on Thursday. Um. I didn't know they had one on Thursday. I didn't think I they believe, did. 
Today's I Thursday. Thought, yeah. I'm sorry. When? Yesterday. Yesterday. I don't think so. Yeah. I'm pretty cause... sure they only had one. Are you sure? Because I was watching in the afternoon the uh, home sure run not... announcements on Twitter. Hmm. Sure you're not thinking of the, the Cubs and Dodgers played a doubleheader one of those. No. No. I mean, the Yankees definitely played one on Monday. Yeah, oh, well, yeah. they had they, they finished that suspended game. Um, they didn't play a doubleheader yesterday, Brian. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm very confused. Then. <laughs> that was that weird game when they pinch hit for Soto, and Soto has the home run. Soto that's now, broke. Like, his, his yeah, team. he broke the space-time continuum. It's fantastic. <laughs> I was explaining that to my wife, who does not care about baseball yesterday, and she loved it. Yeah, it's it is pretty awesome. Yeah. He broke the uh, home run tracker on Twitter. So that was pretty awesome. Yeah, I saw it said one, and I'm like, what the yeah. hell? I get it. That's good. Um, so I think it's time to start talking about how the Red Sox could actually pull ahead of the Yankees here and what they really need to do going forward, you know, as, as the team approaches the trade deadline. We've touched on this a little bit on past shows, but the first big domino of the trade market fell this week. Matt, you wrote about this. Uh, Kelvin Herrera uh, went uh, and he went for a relatively small price uh, to the Washington Nationals. Um, And that was one of the options that I was going to write about this week when I wrote my column about potential options for the Red Sox. Um, I wanted to know from you guys sort of do you agree with the fact that relief is a high end relief pitcher is the thing that this team really needs going forward? And if so, what options do you see as sort of the best options for the Red Sox? I think it's a thing they need. I don't know if it's the thing they need. Um, the longer – I know you, we're going to talk about this later. Maybe we'll talk about it now because I'm forcing it. But um, the longer we go without ever hearing like anything positive about Pedroia, the more I think they need a second baseman. Um, Nunez just isn't cutting it. Holt is not going to cut it. Um, so I think adding a second baseman and kind of adding another decent bat and lengthening the lineup a little bit would be the ideal move. Obviously, if Pedroia could be that guy, that would be a lot better. But I just, I mean, I didn't really have faith in that before the season, and now nothing has really changed. Um, so I think if they could find a way to get a reliever and a second baseman, like, my dream scenario, which I don't think is possible, but if they could get like Ottavino and LeMahieu, if the Rockies decide to sell, I mean, I think that would be like the perfect addition and like really put the team over the top. You so, say Ottavino, you say LeMahieu, I say Scooter, I say Iglesias, Ottavino. Uh, they LeMahieu, definitely don't have Scooter, enough for Iglesias. Yeah, unless Devers is going packing. That's. Uh... Yeah. That is not happening. But we did really, get a couple questions about yeah. that from uh, Trevor Shackles and Hectorson Puestazo. Um, and both of those guys asked about Astrubal Cabrera as a rental second baseman. And then uh, Hector also mentioned Jed Lowry. Do you guys like either of those names for second baseman? I like both of them. Yeah, me too. Um, I think I like LeMahieu more. But uh, Cabrera... Cabrera would be nice because he could play third, too. And actually, so could Lowry. Um, and kind of give Devers some time off if he needs it down the stretch. So I think any of those guys would be reasonable targets. So I'm actually a little surprised to hear you say 
second base, Matt. Um, I guess I'm just still not as concerned about Dustin Pedroia as you are. We were going to talk about this a little bit later in the podcast, but Pedroia still has no timeline. But from all the reports, it seems like the swelling is still going down. And the thing that I can't get away from with Pedroia is that, like, even when he has played seasons very injured, he's played good defense, and he's never had his bat be below average, you know, in terms of weighted runs created plus anything like that. He's always right at that level because his plate discipline so good. He gets on base. Like, there are things that he does even when he has no power. So, I mean, I'm just – I'm looking at, you know, what Nunez is doing with the bat and defensively and then just dreaming up even what – 70% of Justin Pedroia can do, and that's still a huge addition to the team. So, I mean, yeah. do you think he's completely done? Not, like, forever, but I I don't know. How deep into the season do you have to go without any news on Pedroia where you start to think that, hey, maybe they could use somebody else? I mean, it's been two because... weeks since they shut him down. Yeah, but that was also a week after, like, he had only played for a week. He's played a week of baseball this year, and... Even then, he was getting time off in between games, like getting days off. If he's still out at the All-Star break, like, then I'm worrying. Okay, that's fair. Like, yeah, I'm not saying they need to pull the trigger right now, but I think... I don't know what has given you confidence that he'd be back by the All-Star break. Yeah, like, I, he's going to have to go do a rehab stint and get through that. And he... I think somebody added me on Twitter and said that Nesson gave an update that he walked on a treadmill today. Um, Jerry, I Remy, ran on a Jerry, Jerry Remy saw it with his Who? eyes. I ran on a treadmill today, so I mean, I think I'm closer to playing second base. Did any, so. but did anybody see it? Uh, no, it was at three o'clock in the morning, so I was the only one there. <laughs> Wait, okay, you know what? I don't want to know. <laughs> it's okay. We don't have to talk about that. Uh, all right. Well, I guess uh, I'm. I, 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 you know, I guess uh, I, I should be a little bit more worried than I am. It's just I'm so conditioned to think about Dustin Pedroia as just this guy who's going to strap it up and go out there. So um, Yeah, I mean, that's like who he is, but also he's like a human person. I think it might and be who he does works, and I think this is the inflection point. Yeah, um, like, I don't know. Knees are scary in... I know the surgery is supposed to like fix everything, but sometimes surgeries don't go exactly right. And like I said, I mean, they don't have to do anything right now, but that yeah. would be – they need to lengthen the lineup a little bit, and that would be the place to do it, I think. So, okay, Matt, 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 hold on. Okay. It's not, it's not going to happen. Jake, you too. It's not going to happen. But Devers for Scooter and Iglesias. Uh, no. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. Okay, I, I I hear what you're saying. I love Iglesias. He's too. very good for the Red Sox this year. I mean, but who would play yeah. third? Scooter would play third. Nunez. He yeah, could play that third. Means, like, I don't want Nunez playing every day. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't really know if I like that either. And I love Iglesias, but yeah, I don't love him that much. Okay. And while we're on this, I just want to say really quick. Scooter that, is very good, by the way. Don't, I like Scooter. He's yeah. really good. Also, his name is Scooter. So, I mean, that definitely doesn't hurt. It's like yeah. a uh, crippled cat. Did you hear about how what? he got that name? They had a, the stories about it. He was – the cops picked him up when he was like four. 
and uh, he loved the Muppet Scooter. So they asked him what his name was. So he said, <laughs> he gave up his last right. name, Jeanette. He said Scooter Jeanette, and then it just stuck after that. I want, uh, I want to do that trade now. I'm in. I'm in on Scooter. Let's do it. I mean, except for Devers is a Muppet, so you know it's you know. Yeah, that pick is your poison. Um, yeah. So. Matt, getting getting back to the relief, do you think second base is a bigger need than relief pitcher for this team? Because we've seen Kelly and Pedroia Barnes struggle lately. Yeah, if Pedroia doesn't come back, then I'm more concerned about second base. Brian, do you feel I, the same way? Yes, because... because I don't know why it's an either or. Though. Tyler Thorfer. Which I know is just hilarious to say, but at, at least the Red Sox have a they have an in-house option of a potentially elite reliever. Um, they it's already there. You so think Thornburg has a shot in hell to be elite this year? Yeah, I mean he definitely has a shot in hell. No, yeah, I, I don't know. I think he could be like very good. Well, if I he can be very hell. good, then he can be good as hell. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's like... I conflated a shot in hell with very good. I think we shouldn't be Heath Hembry this year. Oh, best Hem- case scenario. Hembry is pretty uh, good. No, 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 no. Um, he can be better than Heath Hembry this year. He can be better, he's a better than He's a better pitcher than Heath Hembry. I would be shocked if he was better than Heath Hembry at any point this year. That's that's also very fair. Cause yeah, he's I mean... Good, but I think he's nat- he has more talent than Heath Hembry. And he doesn't I, have a rib anymore. Yeah, well, neither did uh, Adam, and that's why we're all here. <laughs> I I think my biggest problem in this conversation is that it like there's zero reason why it needs to be one or the other. They can get both. Okay, and if so they think both is a need, then they should address both. So, if they are addressing both, though, where are they getting the capital to do this? My issue with the you get address- two rentals. So you get two rentals, but still, like, if you get another second baseman, do you DFA Nunez? Like, what do you do with him? Because your roster is still weird Swire. at that point. Swihart's gone. So, okay, let's just play that game then. You DFA Swihart. He's gone off the team. Then your bench is, what, Holt and who? Holt, Nunez, Holt, Nunez, Catcher, and Lynn. And Lynn, so you don't have an outfielder on the bench. So who's their outfielder, outfielder right now? Th- th- that's what I'm saying. The roster is flawed right now. Yeah. I think you can I mean, make I... a bigger argument that you should get an outfielder than you need a second base. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. I also think that that's a much smaller piece, and it's something that they could get in August, like on a waiver deal for pretty much nothing. If they want like a fourth or fifth, because they have JD Martinez as their fourth outfielder. So, so you don't if you think want they'll shop outfielder. for an impact outfielder then? No, no, I don't think they're gonna like replace Jackie Bradley in the lineup if that's what you're getting at. Okay, so Brian, do you agree that they're gonna ride out Jackie Bradley for the rest of the year, starting every day, playing like this? Well, he doesn't feel start. Like I, well, I feel like you're. He has been. I feel like you're changing what you're saying based on what you're asking me I think that they will do it until potentially 
in August, they're able to get somebody else that they can work in more. Um, but for the rest of the year, I don't think that they are probably confident with this outfield scenario the entire rest of the year. But are they cool with it right now? Yes. So the, the thing is there, if you if you even play JD in the outfield, though, you're looking at an outfield where you're getting worse defensively by not having JBJ in the outfield. And then who are you playing at DH? You're, you're playing Nunez or Holt or someone like that at DH? That's that's not great. I You know, there's a good DH type who's a free agent right now. Get him for almost nothing, probably. He's that would be the greatest thing that's ever happened. Uh, and it's not going to happen, but that would be amazing. Uh, amazing. I'm talking about Tebow, not Hanley Ramirez, of course. Yeah, of course. Oh, man. All right. I don't know. Jake, get control know of this shit. Say this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Can we actually talk about relief options for this team, though? Like, who, sure. who do you guys think they should go after? I said Ottavino and LeMahieu is, like, my dream scenario. That's so, like, random. Like, where did you even come up with those names, though? The the Rockies uh, aren't even, like, that terrible right now. No, but they could be pretty soon. And I was looking at MLB Trade Rumors' list of upcoming free agents, and I saw that Adam, Adam Onovito was on there, and I didn't know that he was an upcoming free agent. And ever since I learned that piece of information, I've become obsessed with trading for Adam Onovito. Interesting. Brian, how about you? Um... I think that if we were willing to give a Ben and Temi, it sounds like we could get half of Brad Hand. Oh, so that would yeah. be great. Oh, that's what I wanted to say. Um, that Brad Hand thing isn't as ridiculous as people are making it seem. Because if the Red Sox wanted to trade for Brad Hand, who else would the Padres ask for? Other than Ben and Tendi? Well, no, Devers. Devers, Devers, Devers. It's not like the Red Sox have a prospect that they could trade. I mean, there's just no one trades a that, position player for a well, no, I know it, it's not going to happen. But that's an my read ask. on that. My my read. I don't think it was the Padres' ass. Hey, my read on whoa, the situation Jake, was Jake. Do you think? You know, I'm not even going to finish that sentence. Go ahead. My read on that report was that the Red Sox like initiated a conversation about Brad Hand, and the Padres are like, "Yeah, we'll give you Brad Hand if you give us Rafael Devers," because there's no other package we can make work and the red sox said no and the padres were probably like yeah we know this just isn't gonna work and then uh people on twitter like got a hold of that report and it just got way out of hand so that's just something that's been bothering me for a few days um i think people got way too worked up about that Hmm. and that's the end of parents well i don't know if uh if I think that's the only way they could get that deal done, but I who do they have? Who else do they have that could get that done? Uh, you know, like you know, uh, I don't know. They probably couldn't <laughs> get it done. Uh, there should not be a shortage of at least worthy middle relievers to go after. Um, but oh, of course, is. if you are the Padres, you have every reason to act like there's no market and that you're the only market. Well, they don't have so to I understand trade. It for, right, exactly. So I understand it from both sides. What um, about what about a guy like Blake Trinan? Because Trinan's sort of the guy who well, I really want. And he's got two years of team control after this. So 
not as much as Brad Hand, but he's still a really good player. I mean, if you made a package center around maybe Grom and Chavis, like, would that get it done? Um, I don't know. I Billy Bean is the weirdest. Like, I don't know what who he likes in the Red Sox system. I think it's definitely much more realistic that they could get Trinan than, like, hand Eric Glacius. Um, I think they do have that package. It's going to hurt, but um, I don't think that's ridiculous at all. It's it, You know, the thing with the, with the Red Sox system, though, right now is, like, the system is weak enough that losing a package that would, like, quote-unquote hurt right now really just doesn't matter because those guys just aren't the level of prospect that we're used to seeing. You know, the, yeah. the, the guys who are 1 and 2 in the system might have been 9 and 10 if it was a couple of years ago. That's so a little Jake, extreme. But, um, Jake, do you think if we offered Grom, Groom, and Chavis, Chavis for hand that the, the Padres are just like, absolutely not? I don't actually think that they would, like, I think that they would ultimately demand more than that, but I don't think that that's a weird offer, especially because the Padres were the team that was most connected to Jigroom uh, when he was drafted. Well, so. that that was that's... one Tommy John surgery away ago. True. Yeah, if they trade they Brad Hand, they're going to get like the player. Yeah, but yeah, they're going to uh, get like but... a top prospect from somebody else. That's a lot safer than Jigroom. It's a lot safer, but they're getting two who are sort of both unsafe in this case, just in this hypothetical scenario. Right, you're getting two that, unsafe that top seem, 100s. Yeah, that doesn't seem like an unreasonable... I mean, I it's, it's, it's not, I it's not the ask. It's obviously not the ask from the Padres. I think it's not an unreasonable return. I think they would beat... I don't think it's unreasonable. I think they would beat that um, fairly easily. What if they added, like, Schwarren to that deal? What if they added Blake Swihart to that? So, Fuck yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think maybe this is just how I look at it. And, I mean, Jake, you've changed, man. <laughs> I'd rather have like one like top prospect than like just keep adding these mid-level guys. Yeah, but you're not pack. Preller. Yeah, but Preller also traded Pomeranz for Anderson Espinosa straight up, so I feel like that's probably his preference too. How'd that work out? Not great, but... If you change your philosophy based on one trade, then you're not very good at your job. Talking smack about Preller now? No, I'm saying he probably didn't change his philosophy. <laughs> Let's talk about Zach Britton for a second. What is the what do you what do you guys think is the actual likelihood that the Orioles would ever trade with either the Red Sox or the Yankees? They're not trading with the Yankees. No, they hate the Yankees. They yeah. hate the Yankees like. It's amazing. It's it's really is amazing how much they hate the Yankees. It's just Angeles. But, but like, do they hate the Red Sox half that much? Like, is it even realistic to think that Britain or Brack or any well, of these guys that are available could potentially land on the Red Sox? Um, Neither yeah, of those names was, was Machado. No. <laughs> they did the Andrew Miller deal not that long ago, so I mean they've done deals before. Um, and I don't know if you know this, their GM was formerly the Red Sox GM. Um, Dan yeah, that's true. They, I, I was talking to someone about the uh, Orioles this weekend. I cannot remember who it was, but they were just 
they they or it was on Twitter after I wrote about Devers and Machado and all that nonsense and somebody was saying they don't lay any of this at anyone but Angelos which that's fa- I mean I guess that's fair I sort of put the the Orioles crappiness on everyone involved except for Manny Machado um, but I never got the sense that Duquette would be loath to deal with the Red Sox I don't think he's loath to deal with the Yankees either I'm sorry or or like but I feel like I think you guys are correct that organizationally I feel like if they could do something that they would think would be good for them organizationally with the Red Sox would probably end up doing it yeah, I agree with that. I, I the the interesting thing about Britain is he could be a lot less expensive than we think, even though it's a divisional trade, because he really hasn't been healthy since 2016. In 14, 15, 16, he was awesome, but he hasn't been healthy in 17 or 18, and he's only got half a year of control left, and his salary is fairly high. So if the Red Sox are willing to eat some of that money and send back some quality prospects like that might be and he's a lefty too the red sox don't yeah. have a dominant lefty that he's like really good. yeah he's like the dude he's like the fit and if i'm dombrowski i'm trying to get this done like soon before britain keeps pitching and if he pitched because i mean if he pitch, pitches well for like a month his price is gonna go way up Right now, Jake, he's still like a question mark, so I would want to get this done before he can like drive his value up. Jake, how dare you say we don't have a dominant lefty reliever? <laughs> how, how dare you? Sorry, aside from the uh, AAA Bobby Pointer. Okay, he's in AAA, yeah. I've been... <laughs> hey, he's good. He's better than Robbie Scott. He's yeah, better than Robbie that is Scott. Very true. Matt, though, it sounds like Britain is your guy. From 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 listening to you talk about him, it sounds like that would be your number one target. Uh, I don't know if I have a number one target. Target. I like. I mean, I like Britain. I like Ottavino, obviously. I like Trinan. I like Familia. Um, Give me the case like for Britain as number one. For Britain? Yeah, for Britain is the number one target here because I think he's really intriguing because potentially Britain could give you as good or better a pitcher as Brad Hand is for a fraction of the cost if he's healthy. Yeah, I mean, he was the best reliever in baseball a couple of years ago, and he's a lefty, which all respect to Bobby Pointer, the Red Sox don't have. Um, he's a ground ball guy. The Red Sox don't really have like that big ground ball guy that was supposed to be Carson Smith, and we all know that one. So... Um, he's kind of, he kind of checks all of the boxes and to be, he's to be able to put like potentially the best left-handed reliever in baseball. Is that outrageous? If he's like his 2016 self. I think that he kind he's, of, he's up there. He's with Doolittle. Yeah. He's in the conversation. Chapman. Chapman. Yeah. Uh, Miller. But yeah, I mean, he's at least in the conversation, be able to put that behind Craig Kimbrough. Um, That'd be pretty sexy, so Brian Johnson. <laughs> well, you're always sticking up for the old BJ. You know, I'm not even going to answer that. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it, it would be 
I think that's that. that's a very optimistic view of Zach Britton too. I will throw that out there. Can, can we just all agree but that, that but, the person but, but, who but, would be traded for him was born to be an Oriole? Do, do you know who I'm thinking of? Um, who in the Red Sox system was just should have been an Oriole and will be an Oriole once this deal gets done? Trey Ball. <laughs> Not Trey Ball. Um, I don't know. Brian, can you guess? Are they still in the minors? Yeah. Uh, He's a power hitter who strikes out a lot. Akame? Not Akame. Oh, Dalbeck. Chavis, man. Uh, Chavis. Chavis should be an Oriole. See, I like Chavis. I think I didn't really like Chavis coming into the year, and now I think his values kind of dropped so much that I'm on the Chavis train. Okay, but you would definitely trade Chavis for Britain. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I don't think that's unreasonable. Like right now, those Chavis is suspended. Britain's not healthy. Like, you know, make it happen. Like, well, that's what hearts. I was going to say for that's what I was going to say for Brad Hand earlier, and I stopped myself because I thought you said that they that the Red Sox wouldn't do it, but now I think that. Uh, I mean, why would the why would the markets for Hand and Britain be so remarkably different? Well, Hand has, has three, three years of years. control. And they're pretty cheap. Yeah, I think it tops out. I think it's like $6 million, $7 million, and then it bumps up to like $11 million, and the, there's a team option for twenty. Two is a seven, okay. seven, From the Red seven Sox, and a half and ten. If you're trading for a reliever, do you give a shit about after this year? Uh, really? Yeah. Totally. I mean, the trade market does. And also that helps you negotiating with Kimbrell too. If you have a guy like Hand and Toe. No, nothing helps you negotiate with Kimbrell. Yeah, Kimbrell is just, do you want to pay? Do you want to pay him or do you not want to pay him? And that's it. Yeah, Kimbrell's gonna get his money whether it's from me or not. But he's 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 Craig Kimbrell. How much have you guys seen? Have you guys seen Brad Hand pitch? I have. His uh, breaking ball is like one of the most devastating pitches I've seen. Yeah, he's uh he came out of nowhere too. I totally wrote him off after that first good year in San Diego and that was uh very stupid. Cuz he's sick. I mean, he buries that thing. It's just it's filthy. I still like Trinan's sinker better, but it's so Trinan, you would think he throws a sinker a ton. Trinan throws a sinker like 60% of the time, 50 something percent of the time. Britain throws his sinker 93% yeah. oh, of the yeah. time. That, he's Mariano. Yeah. Like he's not like skill-wise, obviously, but like just the way he pitches. He's got one pitch. I love guys that do that. I just love the idea that like this one pitch is so filth that I'm just going to go out and throw it to you every single time. It's, uh, it's pretty ballsy. Yeah, I like it too. I guess I never really thought about it, but I do like that. All right. Uh, so Manny Machado, uh, we should talk about this real quick. We talked about it a lot last week on the show. Dombrowski came out and pretty much said that this is ridiculous and he's not going to trade Devers for Machado. Do you guys take him at face value? He's typically been pretty forthright with stuff like this. Never what take day a did GM he say at this? face value. Yeah, what day did he say this? Because I watched uh, Devers today was a f- fucking disaster. Two days I mean, ago? Maybe yesterday. Yesterday he said it. He was, I mean, he, like, Ben Attendi looked like a disaster. He went, oh, Ben, I think Ben Attendi literally went 0-2 on every single at bat, but he did have a, a, a single on at homer. But uh, Devers was just, 
overmatched today. Uh, and obviously it's not the first time. Um, as I wrote, I don't think they would do it without extra, um, without themselves being confident of Machado sticking around for more than uh, just this year. But I feel like there's a, there's, there's a decent argument to be made that if you could somehow know you were getting Machado for another year, that he'd be worth it. Because it's still 2023, though. You say that, but it, what is okay? What is that? What is Rafael Devers? Don't don't look. Hold on. Don't look at what you want to see. Look at what look at what you actually see. He's not the best fielder. He's fine. Well, it's it's a fair point, but you, like Machado for a year is literally impossible. Year you're, and a half. you're either getting him for, for a half season. No, I mean, you're either getting him for a half season or sure. you're getting him for another six years. Yeah, He's well, let's do the one-year deal. No, I understand that, but um, that just as a thought experiment, I guess. But, yeah, I mean, he's a Hall of Fame player, and he's 25. I, I so, Yeah, no, I think you're – I don't know that I would do it if I look, only got one year, but I think it's – I don't think it's absurd. Yeah, I, uh, I just don't know what we have with Devers. I really don't. Well, I feel I, like when he every time he hits a home run, it's easier for people like, why would you want to trade this guy? But like he was awful today. I was just awful. So, it, I know he's young. It, but the range of outcomes is huge, and the range of outcomes on Machado is like there's there's it's decided. I I think Alex Spear did a really good job of sort of addressing this. He wrote an article about why the Red Sox should not trade Devers, and he basically analyzed a bunch of players who had come up at Devers' age or earlier in their career trajectories after that. Majority of those players ended up being like significant impact all-star type players. Uh, and, And the thing here with Devers that's been really encouraging to me is like, sure, Devers hasn't been swinging the bat as well as we want him to but the defense has been you know there are some mental lapses with him for sure and they're head scratching plays but in terms of range and positioning and things like that metrics have actually liked a lot of what he's been doing so i think the kid's been working super hard on defense this year and well it doesn't always pay off like the bat is the thing that comes more natural to him so i just i feel like this is the type of player that his ceiling is just so much higher than what he's showing right now. And I wouldn't be shocked if it would take like a year or two for him to be operating at closer to Machado levels than what we're seeing from him right now. Yeah. And I, I agree with you on that. Um, my only, the only thing I'd say is that, um, well, obviously you think about how like the value of Devers four years from now, five years from now, um, three years you see what i'm saying the red sox window is like the next three years so that's that's my only counter argument to that and because also what you're talking about is speculative now i don't did not like when you're right when you're this good this young you're very rarely just not good like that's almost never happens um you're actually usually quite good in fact like he it's like the uh and this is i think high 
raise probably higher than Devers deserves, like the the Andrew Jones uh, career arc. Yeah, no, I was just saying that. You know, Jake makes a good point that people who are like good at all this young are very rarely just bad, like almost never, um, and are usually pretty good. That's it. That's all. Matt, what do you think about trading Devers? Um, yeah, there's I. I don't think there's a realistic package out there this year to trade him. So, um, I I mean I don't I haven't even really thought about it because I just don't think it's gonna happen. Um, I think that. I was always expecting kind of a roller coaster this year, and there have been more down periods than up periods, but we're also halfway through June, so um, if this is still the trend at the end of the year, I'll be a little more worried, um, but I mean, I still, to answer your question, no, I mean, there's, there's really no scenario where I would trade him. Um, as far as his future, I'm still optimistic although that could change slightly by the end of the year. Um, although I guess next year is the real test. Yeah, next year he'll be a second full year in the big leagues for him, so you expect some, some gains there for sure. Um, Miguel Andahar, he's playing third base for the Yankees. He's in his rookie season. Um, who do you think has been better this year defensively? Devers or Andahar? I have no. I I don't watch enough Yankees to give an opinion on that. Yeah, neither do I. By design, I'm a little <laughs> bit offended by this question. Surprisingly, though, uh, so Andahar is well, supposed to be. Sort let of me a... stop you right there. You're about to st- uh, cite defensive statistics on <laughs> June 21st. So, still, you're talking nonsense. The disparity here between these two guys is pretty big defensively right now even though you hate defensive metrics matt if you have a guy who's grading out at like negative six versus a guy who's pretty much neutral that's a big difference i have zero interest in this conversation fine all right (laughs) moving on just being honest with you uh second baseman um we've talked about second base a lot tonight i wanted to mention a couple different things i thought it was interesting that nunez has been benched lately uh holt has been playing uh, and Nunez is reportedly working on his really shitty defense uh, with the infield coaches uh, for the Red Sox and uh, apparently doing fundamental stuff like positioning and how to be in a good position when you receive a throw to make a tag. And all that stuff is great because Nunez doesn't know how to do that. And we've seen that repeatedly this year. The other thing that I wanted to mention was Brock Holt's bonehead play the other day. Uh, when Betts was up at bat with two men on base and he decided to run home inexplicably. Um, I almost threw my remote through my TV when that happened. Jake, chill, man. Dude. Chill. No, that was awful. I don't even think he was going home. I think he just, like, kind of fell asleep. What the fuck was he doing, though? Like... I think he fell asleep. You have I think he just, like, totally lost track of what was happening. Two men, I mean, two men on, two outs, and you're gonna do that nonsense. Like, yeah, what awesome. is the third base coach doing at that point? Like, is he Matt, communicating with him? Matt, Jake doesn't make mistakes, so he doesn't understand what other people do. No, I mean, I was, I was, uh, 
I was upset. I didn't almost throw my controller because I am an adult. But Come yeah, on, no, that man. was bad. It was bad. I don't really, I don't know. I said this on Twitter. Like, I don't even know what to say anymore. They've done. They've made so many base running mistakes. It's just there's nothing you could say other than like, oh, they did it again. Yeah, it was yeah. just terrible. It was just terrible, and especially they end up losing that game four to one. And you just wonder like what David Price would have done with a lead at that point too. Maybe he doesn't make that pitch, that change up to Escobar. Just could have been one. Uh, Escobar or Kepler? Uh, Kepler. Kepler. Yeah. That wasn't even that bad of a pitch. He wasn't a good pitch, but it was it was out of the strike zone. But it's a lefty pitching to a lefty with a change up. Yeah. But Inside. He just wanted to change up a lot that game. Hey guys, if we're gonna talk about the twin series, can we geek out about uh Ben Attendee's home run? How no, beautiful it was. He took out one of the advertisements. It was majestic. Uh, it was really like it was a it was a low curveball that he was obviously looking for, and he just it was straight up golf action. It was it was great. His home runs are probably my favorite on the team. It, but it's like it. it, it you forgot about crazy. Hanley. Yeah. Uh, well, well, he's I not on the team. team. <laughs> I just wanted to twist that dagger a little bit thanks jake <laughs> really appreciate that pal i'm always here for you matt ben attendee likes looking at strike three he likes looking at a lot of pitches that's not really a criticism you know i'm gonna tell a quick story here a friend of mine was over here recently he's a big yankees fan so he sucks in that sense he said something I've never even thought about. He's like, if I was a manager, I would always want my players to look at strike three. I never want them to swing. I want them like I want you to learn what strikes are. If you look at strike three, that's fine. If you swing at something out of the zone, I hate you. Well, here's here's the thing about that. If you're in the majors, you should know what a strike is. I feel like there's about the entirety's of baseball's worth of evidence that that is not the case. Sure, but I I don't I would I would wholeheartedly disagree with that strategy. And yeah, I I he he the dude smokes a lot of blunts. I mean, <laughs> I'm gonna pull a mad on this one. I have zero interest in this conversation. <laughs> that's not what he said, Jake. I think that's what I said verbatim. Yeah, I think it is. Let's get to some listener questions. We are going long here. We gotta we gotta get through these. First question comes from James Kellogg. This one's for you, Matt. He says, "What's going on with Hanley? Why is he not signed with anyone?" I don't know. My Hanley's agent. What you haven't heard what he's been doing? He's enjoying life. He yeah, might be done with baseball. He's been I don't know. boating. He's been like literally cruising the Caribbean, boating and like having a blast. Yeah, good for him. Yeah. I mean. I think I mean I don't know that he's done with baseball. Obviously, we don't have like reports or anything saying that, but he kind of seems like a dude that might be done with baseball. There's no way he's playing this year. No, maybe oh, I, mean, I don't think so either. I disagree you because think I feel like I feel like he's just like my phone is on, and if the team I want to call calls in like late July or August, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll you can pay me and I'll come play baseball. And if the team that I don't want to call me doesn't call, I'm just going to stay out on this water here. So I don't think. Yeah, that's fair. He might just be waiting for the right opportunity. 
Yeah, like he hasn't. What is it? What do you? What does he want to do that he hasn't done? He's not good enough. He can get right off a boat and start hitting bombs. No, but anyone well, who's paying him doesn't realize that. Well, so, I mean, he's probably hitting. Like, if he does want to come back, I'm sure he's not just, like, living on a boat. He's probably been in the cage, too. The only thing he's hitting is the rum bottle, baby. You say that, but, like, this is all he's done his entire life, he's probably still doing it. Yeah, maybe. Next question here comes from Bob. And uh, he says, no chance Bright is coming out of the rotation. What's the best course of action? A, keep Pomerantz on the DL indefinitely to fully heal. Um, B, move Pomerantz to the bullpen. Or C, trade Pomerantz to a team who needs a starter. What do you guys think? Brian? Uh, I like fake injuries. Let's do that. Yeah, that's um, illegal. It's a good way to get a grievance. First of all, it's not, first of all, it's not illegal. There's no law to contract <laughs> Baseball laws. To private parties. Um, second of all, that's fine. Go ahead, do it. This is the the Red Sox uh, have a good history of doing things not by the book, as their Latin American scouts could tell you. Yeah, I I don't think it's the best look for a guy in a contract year to keep him on the DL if he's not really hurt. Um, that's what really give you a good view with the other players in the league. So I would yeah, say, but, yeah, but they all know he's Drew Pomerantz and why you're doing it. Yeah, the guy who was the second best pitcher on the team in 2017. Uh, I would put him in the bullpen. I love the 2017 Red Sox. I defended them to the death. I know you like them too. You realize we're the only ones, right? Yeah. No, well, nobody else um, cares. Nobody that's else because cares. people are. Oh, God damn it. Like, they won fucking 93 games in the division. Jesus Christ. Don't get me started on this. Pomerantz no. is really good. I'm not convinced that he's toast, and I would put him in the bullpen, and I'm not convinced that Wright stays in the rotation all year. So I would just play it by ear after that. I would never put Pomerantz in the bullpen. I he was would. a reliever for a long time. I know, but I still wouldn't do it. Well, I guess it depends on what they do in the relief. I mean, I don't think they're going to trade him, and... I really don't think you can just keep him on the DL against his will. So it's either put him in the rotation or put him in the bullpen. All right, moving on here. Will Wickwist um, says, is it time to give up on Nunez? I'd consider DFAing him and using Lynn instead. Uh, Matt, you want to take this one? You don't DFA Nunez while Swihart's still on the team. That just doesn't make sense. Tell, tell us why. Um, because you know how bad Nunez has been hitting? Blake Swihart has been, like, infinitely worse. I think Blake Swihart's weighted runs created plus is 7. Yeah. I'm, well, I can tell you his OPS plus is 10. <laughs> okay. So, so yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, look, I wanted Swihart to be good. Maybe he is. It's, it's not going to happen here. It's happening it's somewhere not. else. He's going to he's gonna go with whatever trade they make, right? Chavis, and Swihart for Familia. Sign me up. Yeah, I do I think sign the Mets up too, honestly. Go for it. Uh, David Samuel says our next question. He says, how can the Sox say that the Hanley DFA wasn't based on money when Rusni Castillo is still at AAA? Brian, you want to take this? 
they can say whatever they want to say. It doesn't matter. They have to say it. If they come out and say it's about money, then they're going to get in trouble. So they have to say this. Everyone knows what it was about. It was about those dollars. Yeah. And look, Hanley probably loves it. I, I mean, know. he doesn't. Hold on, on a on a on a um, maybe not on a life's work level. Well, he lost a lot of money. He did. He lost no, twenty-two really. million potentially. Here's the thing, though. Given how it happened, and given what you could sort of read into the relationship. I feel like if you were him and you had thought about this as much as he had, you never thought the Red Sox were going to pay that money. Um, I feel like after that April, he was probably like, yeah, I'm making that money now. Yeah, but that was a month. Yeah. No, I mean, it's fair. I I feel like we, we say that, but that was probably not a surprise i do think you guys might be underselling the whole point of them wanting to actually play moreland a lot more though because moreland like moreland's really good yeah no no that's fine um they would have kept him if that that's the option wasn't that right but i think that the the idea of him being a good like quote-unquote teammate from the bench considering hanley has played as like a star level player for the majority of his career is probably not ideal, especially considering the fact that him being on the bench would mean him missing out on that money. But I also want to point something out. We talked about the giant OPS gap for whatever you say about Hanley. I mean, he was actually, I think he was in the high 600s by the time he was gone. Um, But he would have been at the top of the lower group. So that's something. And he um, still hits those lasers every once in a while. It also, it, it, this wouldn't be the first time that the Red Sox kind of blamed the player when they got rid of him and said, oh, this player was a problem. Or, no, my. Red Sox kind of have a tendency oh. to uh, throw people under the bus. So I don't know if they've earned the benefit of the doubt there. I don't know if Hanley uh, would have been that bad of a, as bad of a presence in the locker room as I also have generally gotten the sense with Dombrowski specifically. He's like, if you're not his guy, he gets rid of you. He's just going to go. This has been a Red Sox thing for. No, I understand. I agree with you. I agree with you. But I think Dombo (laughs) is a guy who who won't even pretend. Like, there's no pretense. I do think Dombo is mostly right, though, on his decisions. He is a very good talent evaluator. I, yeah, I like Dombrowski. Dombo was, like... Dumbo. He was a guy who you needed to put money behind him, because with money behind With a stack, that dude can fucking ball. He balled anyway. Dombro. Dombro. Yeah. Alright, Tim Kaprinsky says, macro level, do the Red Sox invest in this team? Uh, that can be contracts for bets and sale, allowing Devers to develop. Uh, essentially, do you think management believes they have uh, the things they need in the organization currently? So I guess he's asking, can I take do they this one? just invest in this team or do they add from the outside? Yeah. Matt, what do you think? Um, so the Red Sox have won the division the last two years. And this year they have a 658 winning percentage. 
So if they don't think that they have the pieces to contend, they're uh, moronic. So, yeah, I think they're going to invest in this team because they have a really good team and they have really fat wallets. And if they don't invest in this team, then everybody should uh, be really mad and let them hear about it. But I feel like when you say invest in this team, what you really mean is bets Bogart's Benintendi. Um, Three hundred million. Yeah, Let's lock it up. Hold on, maybe sale, but I'm really thinking long term. Um, Sale's a free agent after next year, so that's yeah, after next, consideration yes. soon. Yeah, after next year, sure. But he's a free agent, you know. Uh, My wife says I'm not a free agent. You know, Jake, we this is a this is a family podcast um anyhow i uh i think you're talking about those three guys but i I agree with matt like if you have mookie bets in this situation on your team and your franchise exists as it does to be one of the best five teams in baseball every year why would you ever in a million years let these guys go i mean I can't think of anything. So there you go. I want bets to be locked up and be a Red Sox forever. That's all I want. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a fireable offense. Everybody needs to go if that doesn't happen. Yes. Now, his home run today, I want to point out, seemed like a very, very juiced ball-aided one. I mean, it would have been a double otherwise, but these little pokes to right field that just fly forever – are amazing. Do you um, see how that torso explodes though with him? He's got no, so much he, rotational power, man. More than I think anyone I've ever seen. Like Sheffield is the yeah. other guy, you know. Um, but it's 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 unbelievable. <laughs> like he he had a single in the first inning today. It was just a regular ground single in the hole. I was thinking about all the other Sox hitters. Maybe J.D. Martinez accepted um, because Betts and Martinez, I feel like are the the power with, with which they hit the ball is actually pretty similar if they are otherwise unsimilar. Like if they have different approaches. But it's like how many people could just hit – if Mookie hits it in the right spot, it's going to be a hit because he just gets it. It's like he's going to get the ball. He's not going to do this Benintendi or any lefty who's ever existed. It's like dumb bouncer to second. That's just boop, 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 boop. Nope. That's going to hit it hard enough. I was very excited about that. That's that's what I got. All right. Next question comes from Usama Mahat, and it says, okay, if you have to pick the next big thing coming out of the Sox farm, who would it be? If you have to pick between Antonio Flores and Danny Diaz, uh, polish and feel for hitting versus loud tools, big power, big arm, etc. Uh, Matt, we'll go with you here. Uh, do you have any big sort of uh, preference between these two guys? Yeah, give me Diaz. That uh, the power seems very legit. Um, he hasn't really done anything in the DSL except hit home runs. But he is 16 years old, so I am willing to live with that. This guy was 
Um, a super prospect coming out of the Dominican. Um, after Daniel Flores passed away, Diaz was the number one guy in the Red Sox class. Um, and I think we said before the season he was like the breakout guy. He was probably going to be the next big thing. They've had a ton of success with these kind of players coming out of Latin America. So um, Flores is interesting. He plays good defense, and the hit tool is pretty nice. But Diaz has like star potential if everything goes exactly right. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I would definitely take Diaz as well. And I want to throw another deep name out there that no one's really talking about right now, who I'm sort of intrigued by. Uh, short stop for Lowell right now, Andre Colon. I think he could be interesting. So if you're looking for somebody with a little bit of pop, could be could be a deep I thought you were going to say Tyler Espel. No, nah, Tyler Espel's a monster. They had him batting cleanup uh, first, first or second game of the season for Lowell. I wouldn't look at lineups in Lowell. They change every day. Lowell is like the weirdest level. Yeah. I used yeah. to go to the games there all the time. It's very bad baseball. Well. Next question comes from Jack Bale. He says, how realistic is it to expect this kid Feltman uh, that the Red Sox just drafted to reach the majors this season? He's talking about Durbin Feltman, the third round pick uh, for the Sox. Um, what do you guys think? This season? This season. Yeah, he's a he's a yeah, really polished college arm. Is uh, is the whole idea of the I mean, I'm sort of intuiting it, I think it's correct lately. The whole point of picking this guy is that he might be ready this year. I yeah, know. I mean he's he's good. I don't know um, if they drafted him with that in expectation though. I don't think he's going to. My default expectation would never be that he's gonna make it. Um but Keith Law made the point that he has a very violent delivery. And so the Red Sox might just try to rush him as quickly as possible because they think his arm is going to explode at some point, and you might as well just try and get the value now while you can. Um, I don't know if they look at that, look at it that way, but if they do, then that would probably be the best case for him making the majors this year. But uh, I would expect him to be in competition to start next year, but I would be kind of surprised if he made it this year. I'd be shocked. I don't know if I'd be shocked. There's enough people that are like a lot smarter than me that are saying it's possible, so I wouldn't be like completely shocked. There's certainly a lot of them. There are many. Next question comes from Jason Jocks, and he says, do the Red Sox get Devers involved in deadline deals? If so, what return do they expect? Uh, I think we've all decided that they're not going to get Devers involved in any deadline deals. unless I've not, not agreed to anything of the sort. Mike Trout becomes available, then we can talk. Yeah. Brian will trade him for Manny Machado, though. For a half. Signed in trades. That's what we need. We need signed in trades. I mean, really the NBA good. draft is on right now, so maybe you can get one. Uh, speaking of bad trading systems. Uh, Bill O'Malley, with our last question, asks, can the Red Sox win the division with this team as currently constructed? I'm going to take this one. Hell yeah, they can. Even if they do nothing to this team at the deadline, they can win the division. Yep, but It'll they should hard. still do stuff at the deadline. Yeah, of course, but they could. Yes. All right, that wraps it, gentlemen. Uh, that was a little bit of a long one, so thank you guys for sticking with us for this. Um, if you enjoyed the show, please go on to iTunes, subscribe to us there. You can subscribe to us on Stitcher as well, anywhere you get your podcasts. 
please rate and review us. Tell us you enjoyed the show. Uh, and then follow us on Twitter. You can follow Matt on Twitter at Matt R.Y. Collins. You can follow Brian on Twitter at, at Brian Joyner. Brian with a Y, Joyner with an I. You can follow me on Twitter at, at DevJake. And lastly and most importantly, you can follow Over the Monster on Twitter at, at Over the Monster for all your baseball news. So thank you for joining us, and we will be with you again next week. <laughs>